Welcome to Digging Deeper. We're so excited you joined us today as Pastor Sean helps us dig deeper into the Word of God. Now, Pastor Sean. Good evening, church. It's good to have you with us tonight as uh, we're back to an online format for our Wednesday night Bible studies. Uh, we'll be keeping this format probably for the next few few weeks, probably to the beginning of 2021, um, just due to the fact with weather and the, t- and the time change and darkness and just the overall idea. Uh, I think we could probably be more effective here online uh, together uh, studying the Word of God. It uh, doesn't really have too much to do with the with the mandate that has been put in place. It's just I've I've been thinking about this now for a few weeks, and um, it's we we don't have you know we don't have a large crowd that shows up. So I thought this would be a safer and and more efficient way for us to be able to study the Word of God together. But I do believe that we are in uncertain times, and with that being said, I'm so glad I have the Word of God that is certain, and absolute and truth. And so join us tonight as we continue in Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to start on verse 22, and let's study the Word together. Amen? Uh, Make sure it's open to Ephesians uh, chapter 5, verse 22. Uh, Quick recap in case you're joining us late. We have been on the book of Ephesians now for close to a few months now. Uh, we've gone verse through verse and really learned a lot, uh, and you know at least I've learned a lot in in this book. And uh, we started in Ephesians one where we learned about God's ultimate plan, and then chapter two where it was talking about Paul's talking about God's way of reconciliation, um, our need and the and the and the reason for it. Then Paul revealed to us in, in chapter three about the revealing of God's mystery um, of salvation and the work of the cross. And chapter 4 is where it really got good for me personally and how we can live live and living to God's glory. It was basically a call for unity among God's people and how to walk. And then chapter 5 probably is my favorite because it teaches me how to have life in the Spirit, how to forsake the darkness we've talked about, and how we can should be walking in love, imitating Christ, imitating God. Um, and we've learned from Paul uh, a contrast to walking in love, a conduit that's not fitting for Christians, uh, whether it be, you know, uh, Paul talks about, you know, fornication and, and uncleanliness and filthiness and coarse jesting, any sexual talk or anything of that matter. It's not fitting for the saints. It's not fitting for the way that we are supposed to be living today. Those things were were acceptable per se um, when we weren't living, when we were living in darkness. But now that we are walking in the light, they shouldn't be a part of our lives. They shouldn't be a part of our vocabulary or even our thought process. So we need to keep, keep, you know, sensitive to that and, and make sure that we're always watching out and how we're responding and acting in those situations. Because Paul goes on later on in the chapter, talks about the consequences of that conduit that's not fitting for Christians and, and that there, there will be no heaven, no, you know, no, uh, no eternal life in heaven with, for for those who partake in those things. And so we want to make sure that we, we stay above board. We want to keep our hearts pure. Uh, we talked about being holy as God is holy. And so we, we 
we learn this as we walk in the light in their journey of what we should and not should and should not be. Um, and then, you know, Paul goes on to talk about walking in the light and the fact of that light's present and Christ will give us the light. Christ is the light, you know, um, not to be asleep to that. And, you know, what walking in the light means, Paul talks about in verse 15, he talked about it means walking in wisdom. Uh, see that we walk not as fools, but as wise, you know, redeeming the time because the days are evil. You know, knowing the days to which we stand, and, and, and here we are. Here we are today in the day we stand, and we want to be wise. We don't want to be walking around foolish and, and walking in the light, knowing that which we're trying to do and, and what we're called to be and do under, under the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, Paul then goes on to talk about how, we, and this is where we were last week, about walking in the light means constant filling with the Holy Spirit. Um, we talked a little bit about it's not wise to be drunk with wine. Um, matter of fact, the Bible says, don't be drunk with wine, Paul says, but but be filled with the Spirit. Uh, we, we as Christians, we as born-again Christians, should have the desire to be filled with the Spirit constantly uh, rather than want anything else in this world. Um, we should want the desire to have the Holy Spirit leading and guiding and directing us and keeping us from those things which would beset us or offset us or keep us from our God. And so we do this by constantly being filled with the Holy Spirit um, and, and living in the Spirit and walking in the light of the Spirit. Um, and Paul really goes into depth about, you know, why we shouldn't be drunk with wine. And, and you know, we, we, we kind of touch base again about it, that, it, you know, alcohol or the state of drunkenness is, is a depressant. Uh, it loosens people because it depresses their self-control, um, their wisdom, their balance, and their judgment. Whereas if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, it has the exact opposite effect on you. It's a stimulant. He moves every aspect of our being to better and you know more perfect performance and to be more like Christ. Um, personally, I'll, I've I've walked on that other side of the drunkenness, and and I can speak from from seriousness here that I. I would much rather take being filled with the Spirit than being filled with, with wine or alcohol uh, just by the physical feelings that it gives you, not to mention the internal and the emotional and, of course, this, the spiritual aspect of it. Um, I would rather be filled with the Spirit. And then we went on to talk just a little bit. Uh, we kind of closed out with this, that we need to be Spirit-filled life is marked by worship and gratitude and to speak to each other in psalms and hymns. And this past Sunday... I think we had a great Sunday service on Sunday morning talking about gratitude versus ingratitude and the gratitude and the the the, the thankfulness that we should have for, for the cross and our salvation. And then that night we had a worship service, a night of worship, where we just sang psalms unto the Lord. And, you know, Paul talks about speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody within your heart, giving thanks to all things to God, the Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, he tells us in 19 and 20. And, and that's kind of what we did on, on Sunday, and I was so excited. Um, and it was such a great day of just worship and gratitude. And we need to have that type of life each and every day, even when the storm clouds come in, even when the, the, the there's not enough money for the bills, uh, even when something in life takes us by surprise, kind of like what yesterday's, uh, mandates did you know again here we are back to square one in in the in this, this COVID-19 world we live in 
Um, but that does not change the fact that I shouldn't worship and have gratitude and, and sing songs of worship to my God. And also do the same to, you know, to encourage you to do the same. Making melody in our hearts. Just because, you've heard me say this, just because circumstances and life issues and relationships and different things change, our God does not change. He has never changed and he's not going to start today. And so we need to grab to that fact and continue a heart of worship and gratitude despite how difficult it may become. We need to do so because it will keep our eyes and our mind off the distractions that so easily beset us. And we talked about talked a little bit about that. And then we finished off last week about the spirit-filled life, how it's marked by mutual submission. And nobody likes the word submission. Matter of fact, what we're going to talk about tonight is that Paul talks about the wives submitting to the husbands. And, and it's so easy to take that out of concept. But that's not what we're talking about here. It's respecting one another. It's loving one another in the fear of God, you know. Um, we're fear, filled with the Spirit. And we're truly letting the Holy Spirit guide us. And we're walking in the light of Jesus Christ. Um, it'll show by our mutual submission to each other and respect. And the submission will be done in the fear of God, not for the fear of man. You know, I'm doing it, I'm respecting you and I'm loving you because of the fear of God, not because of fear of, any, of you pounding my face in if I don't or, or anything of that nature. So we really want to just be, you know, submissive and be willing to respect one another's opinions and thoughts. And, um, and and this kind of makes sense even where we are today. Uh, everybody has their own opinion about where we are in this as a society and a culture. And we need to be willing to respect and possibly submit, right? Um, and sometimes it's just easier to agree to disagree and, and keep the relationship and keep the love and submit to one another in love and respect. Um, and Paul's also talking about this in the in the church aspect as well as you know the 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 rank in in the church to submit um, to to the leaders and and that and so so forth. But it's kind of just to have a team attitude. Uh, I don't believe a church is going to thrive or survive for that matter if they don't have a team attitude. You know, um, I think the Christian must be um, never self-seeking. You know, you, you, we should never be looking for our self-application, um, self-gratitude of ourselves. Um, we must have a team attitude when we come together as a church. And what's the vision? What's the goal of this church? Where are we going to go? The goal is to minister to others and to, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and to win souls. Um, we need to be happy when someone else succeeds or, or does well. And... Um, you know, we, we, we must bear our own discomforts and trials with courage and, and know that we have a brother or a sister right there by our side to help pull us through in prayer and um, in, in support. So this is where it gets exciting, right? And all the wives are probably thinking, yeah, right. But Paul takes the, the, the spirit-filled life. Now he applies it to the family and to a marriage he starts there. And in verse 22, we see this. Walking in light means that wives submit to their husbands. And he says this, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Well, why does Paul start with the wives? Well, it's not because they're the bigger problem. It's not because they need special attention. Uh, the reason that the Apostle Paul basically started with that was, was particularly concerned 
he was, you know, knew that they would be concerned um, about this question of submission. And so the principle that he introduced in Ephesians 5.21, which we just talked about, uh, this aspect of submission has a particular application to wives in a Christian marriage. The same logic that, that it continues in Ephesians 6 when Paul talks to the children and he addresses them uh, before the parents to submit to their parents and because Paul was primarily concerned about submission. He also does the same things to the slaves. You know, he, he addresses to the slaves to submit to their masters. There's no question that the Apostle Paul is continuing the thought from Ephesians 5.21. He's not adding anything to it. He's already explained what he's meaning here by submitting. And he's, he's to, to submit to one another in the fear of God. It's not putting yourself down to lift somebody else up, but it's respecting out of love and for the fear of God. And, and a lot of the manuscripts of Ephesians 5.22, it don't even have the word submit in it. It simply reads, wives to your own husbands. Um, and the topic of submission is, it, it, in Paul, focused particularly on the realm of submission, the Christian marriage. To make this work, this is how this works, from the wife to the husband. The, the submission to one another, really, uh, is, has to be put in play here. Um, they have to love and respect and submit to each other. But here he just here he starts off with the wives. Um, it's a, it's kind of like as if Paul is basically saying, "I command you to submit to one another in a very general way." And if you don't do it in a general way, uh, how much you know? If you do it in a general way, you know, if you do it with your friends and 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 family, how much more should wives do it to their husband in this special relationship of marriage? And so he does go to say, "Wives submit." Now, we already talked about what submit was, and submit means that you recognize somebody has, you know, a legitimate authority over you. And it means that you recognize that there is an order of authority, and that you are a part of a unit or a team. And you as an individual are not more important than the working of that unit or the team. And that person that you're submitting to, it doesn't either. Um, but you're, you're submitting to God's authority. Again, remember, God created Adam first, then Eve. So there's an order there, God, a, a godly order put in place. And the husband has a lot on, on his plate. And, and we'll see that um, you know, husband is to be called to be the priest of his home. And that means he's supposed to, to take care of you and, and leading you to and helping you in your Christian walk and leading the home in the path of righteousness as you all walk in the light together. Submission does not mean inferiority, you know, to be inferior to, you know, lower than or, or less than, uh, as well as submission does not mean silence. Uh, submission means uh, just to submit. It means submission. There is a mission for the Christian marriage, and that mission is to obey and glorify God. And the wife says, I'm not going to put myself under that mission. If she says that, then, you know, the mission is more important than my individual desires. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm not putting myself below my husband. You know, I'm putting I'm not putting myself below. You know, if if you're doing that, might I just say this tonight? You're putting yourself below the mission God has for your marriage, and for your life. And so, before you get too prideful and say no man's going to tell me what to do, uh, and again, there is there is a we're not talking about that here. We're talking about in a Christian marriage, uh, submitting yourself to your husband 
in the respect and love that is that is God ordered and God authority, uh, God's authority. Um, not if there's a you know physical issue or emotional issue. No, no, that that is definitely something that's not the mission that God had for your marriage. Um, that that was not supposed to be. But in the in a in a realm of a Christian marriage, this is the mission that God has to glorify and create a healthy Christian marriage. Uh, he goes on to say, you know, to your own husbands, submit to your own husbands, and and the Bible never commands a general submission of women unto men into society. Uh, this order is commanded only in the sphere of the home and in the, in the church. God has not commanded in His Word that that men have exclusive authority uh, in places of politics, businesses, education, and so on. So, man is not the 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 you know uh, know all know all, um, and we see that in today's world where women have have you know taken great positions of, of leadership and of power in different situations. So, um, this this is specifically for the home for Christian marriages. Where Paul says, "I need you to submit. You know, we need to wives submit to your own husbands." Um, and he, he doesn't stop there. He says, "As to the Lord." So just as you, just as as you have submitted yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ, you've surrendered your life, you've given everything that you are to the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says, "Do the same to your husband. Give your life to your husband. Give your heart to your husband. Be transparent with him, just as you are to the Lord." And this is a crucial phase that Paul puts in here. It, it really ties it all together. It colors everything else that we understand about this passage. It, it, there, there, there have been two main wrong interpretations of this, of this, this scripture. Um, one of them being that, that this favors the husband. Um, but Paul's like, no, I need you to do this as to the Lord. Um, and the other one favors the wife, saying, as to the Lord. And I'll submit to him as long as, as he does what the Lord wants, you know. Uh, then that's not really right either. You know, God doesn't say, well, if he's following me, submit to me, you know. Um, you know, what happens if my husband's not a Christian? He's not submitting to the Lord. You know, I'm still supposed to submit to him. And Paul says, as to the Lord. And again, this there's a very fine line. We're not saying that if your husband's, you know, going out there... Uh, sinning and, and, and doing things that he ought not do, that you should submit and, and to those things, but submit to his authority as the husband of your house, of your home, and pray for him and his salvation. Um, and it, 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 that is really what's going on here, is, is to understand the main key as to the Lord, knowing that God is, is in the center of your marriage. If you're serving the Lord, um, lady, ladies, let me tell you, God sees your husband, if, and if he's not saved, he hears your cries. He hears your prayers. Um, this is basically saying, ask to the Lord, and it means that wives submit yourselves to your own husbands because it's part of your duty to the Lord. Um, this is a way that even, I think there's a scripture somewhere, and I can't remember the number off the top of my hand, where you know, you praying for your husband will can lead to will lead to his salvation. So don't quit praying for your husband if he's not a Christian. Um, and of course, if he is, continue to um, uh, continue to to lift him up in prayer and to pray with him. And you two together come together as in one through in Jesus Christ in your marriage. Um, do 
as to the Lord means that a wife's submission to her husband is part of her Christian life and obedience. When a wife doesn't obey this word to submit to her own husband as to the Lord, she isn't only failing her herself short as a wife, but she's failing short as a follower of Jesus Christ. And and that's 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 scriptural. You know, this is uh, has nothing to do about how smart your husband is or how gifted he is or or how capable he is. This has everything to do with honoring the Lord Jesus Christ with your obedience and your heart as unto the Lord. Um, it also puts into perspective that maybe women should take more care and when how they choose their husband. Um, you know, instead of looking for an attractive man or one that's looking for a wealthy man or maybe one that's looking for a romantic man, she should look for a man that first and foremost she respects. And that in turn will re is showing respect to her. Um, and that, that would help probably pretty major before you say the I do's. Let me tell you this, ladies. If you want to please Jesus, if you want to honor the Lord Jesus Christ, and I truly believe that you do, then submit to your own husband as to the Lord. There could be nothing more beneficial for your marriage. There's nothing more healthy for your marriage. Uh, there's nothing more um, that's going to that's going to bless your marriage more than that. To 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 submit to him and to the authority to which God has given him as the man of the house. And and there's a reason Paul says in 23 and 24 he says the husband's the head of the wife as also Christ is the head of the church, um, and he's also the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their husbands in everything. And so Paul gives a reason why, why you are to submit, what the calling is, what, what the reason behind it is. So Paul goes on to talk about this in, in, in the scripture. And he because God knows that it's gonna it's a difficult command, possibly for some women. We talked about the first reason as and, and the reason that he did it. And one of the re main reasons is it's as unto the Lord. So you're going to submit to him because out of obedience and respect to the Lord Jesus Christ. Instead of obedience to and respect to your husband. You're not doing it for your husband. You're doing it as unto the Lord. Paul goes on to say, for the husband is the head of the wife. Paul states here the second reason for wife's submission. It is because the husband is the head of the wife. As I mentioned earlier, there's an authority factor, God's, God's rule of authority, God's rule of family. Uh, it, in its full sense, uh, head has the idea of headship or authority, and, and it, it means to have the appropriate you know, responsibility to lead and, and to be accountable for those who he leads. And it is right and appropriate to submit and respect to someone who is the head of us or the lead of us in, in, in that retrospect. Um, there's many, many examples uh, in biblical, in the Bible, dealing with biblical, the idea, biblical idea of headship. Um, you know, 1 Corinthians 11 talks about it. 1 Timothy 3 talks about it. Uh, it's every, like, again, it goes back to the creation of man. And so there's the reason why. There's, there's a res responsibility on our part to submit to the lead. And that's where Paul goes with this. 
just as Christ, or excuse me, as also Christ is the head of the church. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their husbands. Paul represents the third reason here that the wives should submit to their husbands. Um, she should submit because the relationship of the husband and the wife is a model of the union between Jesus and the church. Uh, Jesus is the head of the church, and the church is the body, and the church submits to Christ. Um, it's very the point is very simple and clear. We have a model for the marriage relationship in in that in Jesus and the church. Um, in that relationship, the headship of Jesus Christ is unquestioned. Uh, so also is the husband in the head of the team or head of the marriage uh, that 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 relate that marriage is in. That should have the same effect. Um, we submit to Lord Jesus Christ because of who He is and and our team lead, for lack of a better word. Um, and our husbands take that role uh, as given to them by the Lord Jesus Christ, and we are to submit to them as such. Paul goes on to say this, and he is the savior of the body. Uh, we can understand how the husband is the head of the wife in the same way that Christ is the head of the church. It kind of makes sense. But sometimes it's difficult to see the husband is the savior of the body, right? In the way that Jesus is the savior of the body of the church. Now, Paul may be using a wider understanding of the word savior here which can simply mean preserver. And 1 Timothy 4.10 speaks of Jesus being the Savior of all men, especially those who believe. And how can Jesus be the Savior of all men? In the sense that he preserves all men and blesses all men with good things from heaven above. It's in the same way that the husbands are to be the wife's Savior or persevere, or, you know, uh, persevere. Paul essentially is, is basically put in that concept. He who loves his wife loves himself, right? In Ephesians 5.28, don't worry, guys, we're going to get the hammer too. But Paul talks about so, ought, so husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. And, and he who loves his wife loves himself. Uh, basically, for, for no one has ever hated their flesh, and, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. So... The wife is the one who is kept, she is preserved, she is guarded, she's shielded, and she's provided for by the husband. And in this, that is the relationship as, as Christ nourishes and cherishes the church, so the husband nourishes and cherishes the wife. Uh, and the wife should realize that this is her position in this relationship. So in closing tonight... We want to look at this and look at this in this way. It is simply to say this simply, that it isn't a biblical marriage relationship that, that is one of do what I say, do what I say. Um, but one that where the wife submits to the husband is one that is essential to the order of creation. And it is modeling the relationship between Jesus Christ and the church. If we look at this in closing, we, we look at what Jesus is as our example. You know, the, the principle of submission is presented in many different ways in the New Testament. But Jesus submitted to his parents. Demons submitted to the disciples. Citizens should, should submit to the government authority. The universe will submit to Jesus. 
Unseen spiritual beings submit to Jesus. Christians should submit to church leaders. Wives should submit to husbands. The church should submit to Jesus. Servants should submit to the masters. And Christians should submit to God. Notice that none of these relations are reversed. For example, masters are never told to submit to the servants. Jesus is never told to submit to the church, and so forth. And the consistent use of the idea of submission in Scripture illustrates basically one-way submission, according to how God has arranged it to be in the order of the authority. Now, if Paul would have stopped here at Ephesians 5.24, it would be easy for the Christian wife to feel that all the obligations were on her. But thankfully, as we'll see next week, uh, Paul continues on. He has a word for the husbands as well. And he continues to show what the obligations that the Christian husband has in a marriage. And and the Christian wife, she still has her obligations, but there's, there's a pretty good list for the husbands. You see, both people, both both husband and wife have obligations in a Christian marriage. Both husbands and wife are called to die to self. And submission is the way the wife does it. Both husband and wife are called to sacrifice. And submission is the way the wife does it. Both husband and wife are called to see their marriages as a model of Jesus' relationship with the church. And submission is how the wife honors that model. And both husband and and wife are called to honor the order of creation. And submission is the way the wife fulfills her place in that order. And so next week we'll, we'll, we'll attack the husbands. Don't worry, their time is coming. But I pray that this, this word that Paul has given us, that wives submit to your husband, is not, doesn't fall on hard ground, but that you'll, you'll take some time and you'll study it. Because I think it's going to, maybe even cause your heart to explode as you learn to do this as to the Lord. You'll see that the love and respect and submission for your husband will grow even more. And so with that being said tonight, let's close in prayer. Lord, I thank you for each one that has joined tonight. I pray, God, that you would move in each home. You would keep your hands upon us tonight as we sleep. And God, you would open our hearts to receive this word. Lord, I pray for every wife. I pray that they would seek this word out and know what it truly means in, from your word. And I ask, Lord, that I have taught it correctly and, and openly. And, and I pray, Lord God, for each one of our Christian wives and our wives, period. God, that you would bless them with wisdom and guidance and direction to submit to their husbands and pray for their husbands to lift them up that they might... St- build their Christian marriage and their home up each and every day. And I give you honor and I give you praise and thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. With that being said, God bless church and we'll see you Sunday morning for worship. We hope you've enjoyed today's word. Join us next week 
as Pastor Sean helps us dig deeper into the Word of God. God bless. Thank you.